0: to the Community Hope Podcast. We exist to share hope with more people in more places. For more information on this podcast or our church, please visit communityhope.org. Now stay tuned for our Sermon of the Week. He descends, he descends like a dove bye baptizes baptized fire. He comforts, comforts guides, guides, and corrects. He is the spirit of life, the essence of truth, the voice of God. And when you are alone, lost, and afraid, he will carry you home. (laughs) I <laughs> no reason for that. I just always wanted to check out and try my sinister laugh on you. Well, you may be familiar with my story, but I was, I was raised in Assemblies of God uh, church my entire life. If you don't know, Community Hope is an Assemblies of God church. Some Assemblies of God church would be in what you would designate as a, as a charismatic or as a Pentecostal denomination. And so my, my grandfather was, in a, was an assembly of God pastor uh, for 30-plus years. And so I was just, this was what I was raised upon. And so I heard a lot of talk about the Holy Ghost. And for me as a kid, this concept of the Holy Ghost was a, was a tricky thing. Because I really only had one frame of reference uh, for a ghost. And it was this guy, Casper the Friendly Ghost. And so it's like, whenever you talked about the Holy Ghost, this is kind of what I pictured. And and I don't know why, but it was almost kind of that's like the way it was portrayed, you know? Like, yes, the Holy Ghost, yeah, he's a spirit. and But don't worry, he's friendly, you know? So he's, it's all good. And so there, there was a part of me that was kind of drawn to this concept of the Holy Ghost. But then there was also another part of me that was just scared by it. And that may be exactly where you're at today. When you hear this term, the Holy Ghost, you're like, whoa, 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 like what? What, do you look at your friend like, what did you invite me into today? What, what is this? There was a part of me that was drawn to it, but another part of me that was really scared by it. Because I had this sense that the Holy Ghost was this, this force that just kind of came upon people and made them do weird things. You know, they might shake or they might fall down or they might run around the church. They might scream. They might shout. They may pray in other languages. And so it was just like, and whenever I they would ask, say, whoa, Dad, what, like, what's happening to that person? Oh, that's the Holy Ghost. Well, I don't think I want to have anything to do with that then. If that's what happens when you encounter this thing, Holy Ghost thing, I'm not so sure about it. But, but again, like I said, it was just what I was raised on and it was like, but yet there was still another part of me that was drawn to it because there is something within each one of us that is drawn to the supernatural. There's something within all of us that has this kind of aching feeling like surely there must be something more than what I'm currently experiencing. There must be more, and we're drawn to the supernatural. We're drawn to wanting, desiring more in our interaction with God. I mean, let's just be honest. That's part of the reason why you're here today, sitting in that chair, is because there's a part of you that got out of bed on a Sunday morning and came to church. You're you're looking for something. We're looking to have an experience, an encounter with the divine. There's something that that God created inside of us that wants that. And so today when we talk about the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, first of all, who is he? And is he really this this force that comes upon people and makes them do weird things? Well, I've had my own experiences with the Holy Spirit and it's forever changed my life. Because I've been around church my entire life and so I've seen all the weird and the fake and the phony and the... Just the weird stuff. And so just don't worry as your pastor. I, I'm not, I don't really want any of that. You can amen that. Yes, very good. No, I, I'm not interested in the fake and the phony and the weird. But there is another aspect that I've seen where I've seen people miraculously healed. I've been to other countries and interacted with demon-possessed people and watched God transformed their lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. I've seen the real, and I desperately want the real. I want everything God has for me and for this church. And I believe that maybe, just maybe, there's something within you that asks that question, is there more to God than what I'm currently experiencing? Is there a depth? Is there a richness? Is there an aspect that I've yet to tap into that God has for me? Today I want to talk to you about this. And just like we will every Sunday, we are grounding what we're looking at today in the person of Jesus Christ. And today we're looking at to what He had to say about the Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bibles and you want to follow along with us, would you turn to John chapter 14? And I just want to remind you that uh, we have Bibles at every single door, and we'd love, for, if you don't have a Bible or you'd like to give a gift to somebody, take those. Those are a gift from the church, and I'd love for you to hear more about what Jesus had to say. Here in John chapter 14, let me see this. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. And I feel like I need to start off with kind of some foundational theology. Because what Community Hope shares in common with, with I would say, probably every single Christian church that there is, is what's called a Trinitarian theology. Okay, we believe that scriptures teach in a concept which is referred to as the Trinity. That you have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And you see that spelled out right here. In this really short passage of scripture, I, being Jesus, God the Son, will ask the Father, who's, God, who's the Father? God the Father, and he will do what? Send the Holy Spirit. Right here, we see the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, I know this is, this is a concept that our finite brains can't wrap ourselves around, but it's three, but yet it's one. We don't serve three gods, we serve one God who is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We see it represented right here. And today we're going to talk specifically about who is God the Holy Spirit. What does he desire to do in our lives? First of all, I, have, I want you to see that it refers to he. He is the Holy Spirit. It's not a force. It's not this generic, weird, nefarious thing that we interact with. No, it says he Just like you have God the Father, God the Son, He, being the Holy Spirit, wants to lead you into something. What does He want to lead you into? He wants to lead you into truth. And Jesus goes on in the next verse. The world cannot receive Him because it isn't looking for Him. It doesn't recognize Him. So when it comes to the person of the Holy Spirit, we have a choice on how we're going to interact with Him. The first choice we have right here in verse 17 is simply to ignore Him. You can try to ignore the Holy Spirit. So many people in our world, Christian and non-Christian, are living what I would call a spiritless life. They just ignore him. They ignore the Holy Spirit's influence. And I guarantee you, the Holy Spirit is interacting with every single human being on this planet. But we can ignore his voice if we want to. We can ignore his work. That's what this verse just told us. The world, it doesn't even recognize him. It's ignorant of him. It's not looking for him, and even if it did, it wouldn't recognize him because it's not looking for him. So that's choice number one is to ignore him. But then he goes on, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. So today as we talk about the Holy Spirit, who is he? What does he want to do in our lives? Our first choice we have is to ignore him, but Jesus said there's another choice as well. He's with you now, but later will be in you. You can ignore him, or you can actually invite him into your life. But if he's just this scary force, why would we want to do that? Today I want to introduce you to who the Holy Spirit is and the positive, powerful, life-changing things that he wants to do in your life. Because here's something else mind-blowing that Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 7. But it's actually best for you. This Greek phrase here means better. It's advantageous. It's better for you that I go away because if I don't, the counselor or the Holy Spirit won't come. If I do go away, he will come because I will send him to you. For so long, every time I've read through the Gospels, I've always been so frustrated with the disciples and their lack of faith. Here you are. You see Jesus in the flesh. You watch the miracles he performed. You get to... Eat with him and talk with him and see how he interacts with people. How can you not have faith? There's a part of me that thinks, oh, that would be so much easier to have faith if I was one of the disciples and watched and was there with Jesus. But you see the disciples constantly struggling with faith. They see his miracles. Even after he dies and comes back to life, he's ascending into heaven. And the scriptures say, some believed, but some still doubted. Jesus was dead. And now he's alive. He's ascending to he- heaven. And some people are going, eh, I don't know. I'm not so sure about this. Isn't that crazy? That they have so much they struggle with doubt. But Jesus says something crazy. He said it's better that you and I have an opportunity for a better relationship with God than the disciples did. Who actually could eat and talk and interact with Jesus. Why is that? Because when God the Son took on human form. He took on the limitations of humanity. Jesus couldn't be in more than one place at a time. If the 12 disciples spread out over the world, he couldn't go with all 12 of them. He was limited by time and space because he took on the limitations of humanity. He said the Holy Spirit won't have those limitations. He will go and be with all of you. In fact, he will be in you. He says it's better for you and I today, the opportunity we have, I can see some of you going, ah, I'm sorry, I don't buy it. Like, really? I struggle with this too, but today we're going to look at three things the Holy Spirit wants to do inside of your life if you would yet invite Him into your life. The Holy Spirit, number one, will Holy Spirit comfort you. So, we, we're, kinda, we're trying something new today. So, there you have in your notes, you kind of have some blanks to fill in. <laughs> So for all my people that hate empty blanks, oh man, this is really going to drive you crazy if I pass over one of these blanks. Some of you are like, nope, ain't going to do that. But I just want to show you today how important it is what God has to share with us in the Holy Spirit. Number one, he's going to comfort us. Now, when we think of the word comfort, we're all about comfort here in America in 2019. We want everything easier and more comfortable. That's not exactly what we're talking about right here. Let's go back to our passage. In the King James Version, it says this. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. What does this word mean? To comfort. This is powerful. If you look this up in the Greek, it is the word parakletos. Everyone say parakletos. You just learned a Greek word. Don't you feel smarter already today? Parakletos. Someone called to one side, an aide, a counselor, an intercessor, a helper, an advocate. We still use this terminology today. Para means to come alongside. You have a paralegal, a paramedic, a paraeducator. What are those people? They come alongside. So when the Holy Spirit is the Paracletos, he is the one who's summoned to your side to aid, to counsel, to intercede, to help, to advocate. That's how he comforts you. And we act this out all the time in our day-to-day lives. How many of you, just to be honest with you, how many of you are going to watch football today? Okay. This happens every single football game. Somebody gets hurt. They're lying on the field. What happens? A coach or a trainer will come run out to assist them. And then when does everybody applaud? When they get up. Which I always think is funny. Like somehow the injury just magically goes away because they're walking off the field. But what do they do? They walk alongside of that person. In fact, I want to illustrate this. Eric, would you help me? When someone is injured on a field, they come along, t- coming up on the stage, what do they do? They come alongside of them to walk with them. And this is a perfect picture of what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. He's someone who's called alongside of us in our hurt, in our pain. He is there to comfort us. This is exactly what we do as human beings all the time. When someone is hurting, what do we do? We come alongside of them. When someone loses a loved one, what do we do? We come to a funeral. We come to a visitation service to do what? To come alongside of them, to let them know they're not alone in their pain. Now, can I take away their pain? No. But there's something so comforting about someone coming alongside of you and letting you know you are not alone and that is what the holy spirit does in your pain in your hurt he comes alongside of you to let you know that you are not alone the holy spirit comforts you and this is how he comforts you he doesn't always take the pain away he just lets you know you are not alone thank you eric the holy spirit comforts us and this is how he does that he comes along side of us the holy spirit will comfort you but also the holy spirit will counsel you we see this in john chapter 16 verse 3 when the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all truth this is a scripture verse that i have held on to there's another scripture verse in isaiah that i feel like spells this out even more what the holy spirit does in our lives isaiah thirty twenty one. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. When I've come to pivot points or, or forks in the road, like different transitions in my life, like I, I've hung on this verse. I went to a Christian school. Every morning we would get together and we would have a chapel service. It was, it was a small group of kids, and so one of the things a teacher would do is sit there and ask if anybody had any prayer requests. And every year, I remember this. Second semester, every year, I have a senior raise their hand. I really need God's guidance right now. I really need help. I need to know what to do. And I was an elementary student, I'm like, man, they seem really freaked out right now. I wonder why that is. And the closer I got to that, I remember I was a junior. My friend was a senior every single single morning. Yeah, I need prayer. (laughs) I need guidance. I need to know what to do. And the next year, I sat in that chair, and all of a sudden, I got it. Like, oh, what do I do? Do I go to college? Do I not go to college? If I do go to college, what college do I go to? Should I get a job? Should I get married? What, what, I'm at this turning point. I don't know which way to go. This was a verse that I've hung on to in my life that God will be there to guide me. God wants to guide you. He wants to counsel you. He wants to say, this is the way. Walk in it. But the question I get so often from people is, is this one. Well, how do I know? How do I really know that's the Holy Spirit talking to me? What does that look like? I want to give you a couple of things that I, I found really helpful to, in my life. If I'm looking at different options and wanting to know which way I should go, and I feel like God's leading me in the direction, here's thing number one. I'm just generally a selfish person. And if I'm encouraged to go in a direction that's actually going to benefit other people more than it's going to benefit me, I'm t- tempted to think that maybe just maybe that's God because if it's just uh, just up to me I'm going to take the path that's going to benefit Brad Singleton the most but if God if I feel like I really feel like this is what I should do here's the next question I ask myself this one has helped me tremendously all right if I do go this direction if I do this thing and I'm totally and completely wrong it wasn't God at all what's the worst that could happen Really, what's the worst that could happen? I really feel like God wants me to give this person something. I give it to them. What's the worst that could happen? I bless somebody. God said, I want you to go serve this person. I go serve this person. I was wrong. God didn't tell me to do that at all. What's the worst that could happen? Now, there's other times in life I've had thoughts and I thought, hmm, I'm thinking this is what I should do. What's the worst that could happen? Well, if that one goes wrong, that could really be bad. So maybe I'm going to rethink that. How do we know it's the Holy Spirit? Number one, if if you're going in a direction that's... Not where you would typically go. It's pushing you to serve in some way, to give in some way. Maybe, just maybe, that's God talking to you. Because on your own, you're going to tend to go in a different direction. The Holy Spirit wants to guide you. He's the one standing behind you. And here's the last thing I want you to hear. I've told this to student after student after student. God is a loving Heavenly Father. He's not going to let you miss out on any good thing He has for you. The only thing that's going to keep you from going down the path that he wants you to go is pride and arrogance. That's it. He's a loving, heavenly father. If I was standing at a crossroads with one of my children and I said, okay, if you go down this path, there's a snake. If you go down this path, there's a pot of gold. Which way do you think I'm going to direct them to go down? Well, good luck on that, kid. Figure it out. You're just going to have to learn the hard way. No, I'm going to be like, hey, hey, no, 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 I really think you should go down this way. Just trust me. No, I really think you, no, 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 hey, no, no, no. don't go that way. I really think you should go this way. I'm going to scream at them. I may even physically take them by the hand. Go, no, trust me, you want to go this direction. There's something good waiting down this path. How much more so your heavenly father? Because we've always acted like the will of God is some mystery. And God's up in heaven, like the great detective, you know, giving us clues, but never letting us really know. And we've got to figure this whole thing out. No, he's a loving Heavenly Father. As long as you are humble and want to hear his voice, you're going to hear his voice because he doesn't want you to miss out on any good thing that he has for you. The Holy Spirit is there to comfort you, but he's also there to counsel you. He's there to guide you into truth. The only thing that's going to keep you from missing out on what God has for you is pride. Where you're like, hey, I got this. Don't need any help on this one, God. That's when we miss God. If you're, so, I mean, I really want to hear what God has to say. I really want to know what God's directing me. I'm like, well, then calm down. You're going to hear him. It's, I mean, that's easy for me to say on the outside of the situation, but that's a promise that I know to be true about God. He's there to comfort us. He's there to counsel us. And here's the last thing I want to share with you today. But it's one I want to spend time on because I feel like we get this wrong so often as believers. Have you ever heard someone say this? Yeah, I mean, I really felt the Holy Spirit convicting me. Man, I just I left that service man. I felt so convicted And we we act like god, you know The holy spirit's there to just kind of beat us over the head and just make us feel really guilty oh, I knew that was god man. I love like I, I don't really understand people that love going to church and walking out feeling like junk Well, it's not really church service if I don't walk in out feeling terrible Okay, I must be the only one who interacts with these type of people. Because i heard people say that, like, wow, I, that really, I've really felt convicted there. What does this principle mean when it comes to the conviction of the Holy Spirit? It comes from one verse right here, John chapter 16, verse 8 and 9. Because this is one of the ways the Holy Spirit interacts with us. And I think Christians get this wrong all of the time. And when he comes, you can go back and read in the verses, he is talking about the Holy Spirit. He will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. So this word, convict, it means to shine a light upon. So this is what the Holy Spirit does. Conviction means that you're bringing something out into the light. You're shining a light upon something. So what we see here in this scripture verse is that this is what God does with the world, with the Holy Spirit. He's shining a light upon our sin. He highlights that for us. I didn't have a relationship with God, and the Holy Spirit was convicting me. He was shining a light upon my sin. For what reason? To show me that I am a sinner who needs a Savior. That's where the gospel starts. The gospel starts with bad news. You're a sinner who needs a Savior. That's point one of the good news. It actually starts with the bad news. The bad news is is you're a sinner who needs a Savior. And what's interesting is is we as Christians think that that's what the Holy Spirit does for us throughout the rest of our lives. And whenever you do something wrong, he's there to get his big flashlight out and go, Whoa! What did you just do? You terrible person! Look at this! Stop it! We, we think that that's what the Holy Spirit does. But here's something that I f- feel like that we've always missed. He convicts who? What's this word here? Do I need to hand out Red Bull this morning? He convicts who? The world of its sin. What is the world's sin? Here we go in the next verse. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. So who is the world referring to there? Not believers. Because we just read the world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. So he convicts who of sin? Those who have yet to believe. So if you're feeling convicted of sin, that's not the way the Holy Spirit is coming to interact in your life. If you are being convicted of sin, he is there to convict of sin because he's letting you know that you need a Savior. So here's how I want you to see it. When I got this, it changed, it changed my life to see that this was how the Holy Spirit was, was acting in my life. Okay? So I need a, I need a couple people to help me. Nicole, would you come help me? All right, Nicole. I know you're an amazing, awesome person, but right now you're going (laughs) to represent a filthy, dirt, and rotten sinner, okay? (laughs) Okay, Nicole has not experienced the the interaction with God. She knows that she's a filthy, dirt, and rotten sinner, okay? And that's what the Holy Spirit, uh, just constantly pointing out, pointing out the sin. But then, something amazing takes place. All right, I need someone else to help me. Eric, come here. I know I've showed you this illustration before, but this is powerful. Oh, I said Eric. I have two Erics. E1 and E2. Come on, E2. Come on back up here. Alright, so Eric is going to represent Jesus. Check out this next verse, because this is, this is awesome. This is worth the price of admission, right here. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. So Eric is going to represent Jesus for us. He being Jesus comes and lives a sinless life. God's Word says that He was tempted in all ways, just as we are, but never sinned. Jesus has perfect righteousness. Okay, He is right with God. What this verse just said is that when Nicole puts her faith in Jesus, there's an exchange that takes place. Jesus takes her sin and she gets His righteousness. That is powerful. Yeah, go ahead. This, I could have just skipped the whole sermon and just jumped right here. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. So when you put your faith in Jesus, he takes your sin. You get his righteousness. So now the Holy Spirit, to this word convict it means to what? Shine a light upon. He doesn't just convict of sin, he also convicts of righteousness. So when you're a believer and you sin, the Holy Spirit comes on and says, Oh no, Nicole, you are righteous. Righteous people don't behave like that. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. He's shining a light upon our righteousness. He's reminding us of our identity. He's like a really amazing coach. going, Oh no, 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 you're better than that. Come on, you're a child of God. A child of God doesn't behave like that. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When you're a believer, the Holy Spirit no longer convicts you of your sin. He convicts you of your righteousness. It was a really op- good opportunity to clap, but no one clapped the cat onto that. I'm telling you, this will set you free. This changed my life. Now... When I sin, when I fall down, I'm really quick to get back up because now I know what the Holy Spirit's doing. He's reminding me of my righteousness, not of my sin. I don't need to be reminded of my sin. I don't know it full well. The Holy Spirit's (laughs) shining the light over here. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If you're a believer today, I want you to say this with me. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So that's why wouldn't I want to invite the Holy Spirit in? Because he's not there to condemn me. He's not there to shine a light upon my sin. He's there to shine a light upon my righteousness. Remind me who I really am. If you're a believer, the Holy Spirit does not convict you of sin. He convicts you of righteousness. Give our volunteers a hand. Thank you guys so much. The Holy Spirit is there. He will convict you. But if you cross that line of faith, he's there to convict you of righteousness, not of sin. See, in no way am I trying to tell you that that God's okay with sin. He's not. He knows it's going to destroy your life, but he also knows how to get you out of it. It's not to beat you over the head with it. It's to remind you of who you really are now once you cross that line of faith. You're a child of God. So let's behave like a child of God. He convicts you of your righteousness. I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He's the Holy Spirit. He leads into all truth. The world can't receive Him because it isn't looking for Him and doesn't recognize Him. Today, you are faced with a choice when it comes to the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit is there with every single human being. If you haven't crossed that line of faith, he's there to draw you into a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you have, he's there to remind you of who you really are. Even today, as you sit in the seat, you're here in church, hearing this message, you have a choice. You can still choose to ignore him. It's your choice. You can still choose to ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit who's talking to you right now he does he taps on specific things and in specific areas he's there to remind you of who you really are because every single one of us falls short every single one of us sin and we can choose to ignore him if we want but i've decided i want to do something different i want to invite him in would you be willing to do that today And the reason why I spell this out to you, because why would you not invite someone in who's there to comfort you, there to come alongside of you, there to put their arm around you in your hurt and your pain, to aid you, to intercede for you, to comfort you, to counsel you. When you're at a crossroads, he's there to guide you into truth, guide you down the path that's going to result in what? In your best life. That's what he wants to guide you down. Why would you not want to be there to... Have someone convict you, not of sin, but to convict you of your righteousness. Why would I not want more interaction with someone like that? Because he's not some weird, nefarious source that's just there to make you do something weird and crazy. No, he's there to empower your life. Jesus said, I've come to give them life in all of the fullness. I'm leaving now, and now I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit there to walk alongside of you, to guide you into truth, and ultimately remind you of who you are and who you can be in Christ Jesus. If you were impacted by this sermon or if you have any questions, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on social media at Community Hope on Facebook and Instagram, or at our website, communityhope.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you next week.